Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. So Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Yes, it's an adventure as always. Lots of things going on to report and to coach them on and, and to get into action. That's right. So uh, from the headlines over on CNBC, I'm just going to, we'll just read you some headlines and Julie, you got to come up yep. with the headline too. All right. And so the headline is request to delay mortgage payments jumps nearly 2000% of borrowers seek uh, relief during breakout. And we told you guys um, a couple weeks ago to be requesting forbearances and telling everyone you know to request a forbearance. Um, we're hearing some of you still are believing the rumors that somehow you have to have, um, you know, that basically you're not going to be able to get a forbearance. Everybody can get a forbearance. And let uh, me just read right out of the headlines. Mortgage servicers are required, required to grant forbearance to any borrower who requests it with no documentation of hardship necessary. That's right. So you don't even have to prove you're experiencing hardship. And that's the way it should be, because had the banks been allowed to dictate who gets uh, forbearance and who doesn't, then they would have dragged their feet and the whole process would have become more of a logistical nightmare. So doing it this way, obviously you have some moral hazard of people taking advantage. But honestly, at this point, what difference does it really make considering most people don't have jobs right now? Um, so there's that. Now remember, forbearances are available on all types of mortgages, residential, investment, everything you can possibly imagine. I believe commercial is going to be in play soon. Um, something else from the mortgage front, I've been uh, we're writing articles about this on our website, timandjulieharris.com, is that it's going to become much more difficult to get a mortgage because the mortgage servicers themselves are trying to get a bailout from the government because of all these people going to forbearance. And I know right now some of you guys are contacting your lender and the lender saying you have a 90-day forbearance without any effort. Well, what's going to happen is that there's going to be a process in place where everyone's going to be able to get a 12-month forbearance. And um, we're thinking that that's going to be announced sometime this week or next week. From what we've been reading of as far as what's going on in D.C., that's actually being negotiated now. And because what they want to do more than anything is they want to keep people in their homes. Obviously, they don't want to have uh, the pandemic lead to even a deeper um, financial collapse, which is inevitable at some length. But how deep it goes is yet to be determined. And if they can keep people in their houses, that obviously will stop the inevitable tsunami of, um, you know, that would have been an inevitable tsunami of foreclosures. But ultimately, what's going to happen, guys, is this is all this whole conversation about what happens next for housing is all job dependent and confidence dependent. And if people don't have jobs, people aren't going to buy houses. If people don't have jobs, they're not going to refinance. If people don't have jobs, they're not going to be able to do mortgage loan modifications. And all of those houses will eventually have to be sold. Um, we're paying very close attention to it. We're paying, obviously, we're on the leading edge of what's happening with short sales, what's happening with REOs and all that. And so far, I can say that those things are coming, but they're in the they're in the future. And your primary focus needs to be doing what we've been sort of begging all of you guys to do, which is 
definitely protect yourselves because the fact is the financial world for you is going to probably become a lot more harsh than you can possibly imagine in the coming months. We wrote a three-part guide basically, and it's called the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide. You can get that guide for free. Just text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. In that guide is literally every single thing you need to know about the SBA PPP loans everything you need to know about mortgage forbearances, everything you need to know about how to apply for unemployment insurance, and why uh, taking advantage of all these programs should not be a moral issue for you whatsoever. We discussed that to a great length. So guys, listen, take action on that right away. So that's the first phase of this three-part report of the guide. The second part is what we're calling protect. That's when we're going to teach you actually what you should be doing now to go after business, the specifics of what um, are the, essentially the only real avenues or the most definable avenues for agents to be a service to help um, and make money and help people in this new economy that we're going to be entering into. And the last one is profit. The third uh, part of this guide we wrote is profit. And the profit phase is something that you're not going to be able to enjoy unless you basically have really mastered the first two phases. So do the thing, do absolutely do the thing that makes the most sense right now and text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996 and we'll text you back membership to our um, the essentially the agent survival coaching program that we put together. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. It's not a normal coaching program. This is available for every agent in the United States. Um, so the headlines are, are going to get worse. You're going to see more challenges happening. Unfortunately, they're going to adversely affect real estate and real estate agents and cash flow and brokers. There was another headline, Julie. I don't know if you have you popped over to Inman today. Uh, not yet. Go ahead. Inman uh, had a report. Oh, um, about Redfin, right? Yeah, Redfin. Yes, I did see that. Redfin furloughed forty-one percent of all its agents. Yeah. That's code for bye bye. You're not coming back until September. Um, and then there's all. And what we're hearing on the mortgage side of things is that, like Bank of America, I think, or Wells Fargo said they've canceled doing jumbo mortgages from lack of demand. But that's actually not the whole story. The banks are not doing jumbo mortgages and are going to slow down doing jumbo mortgages. Agents, are you listening to what I'm saying? Because they're worried about the lack of payments coming from people asking for forbearances on their mortgages. So what the banks are doing is they're looking forward and they're saying, holy crap, our cash flow is going to obviously be screwed from all these people not making mortgage payments. We're going to stop lending. So this is the big fear. This is the contagion. This is the domino theory of when one thing leads to the other, all the unintended consequences. So unless the banks, the banks are going to be constantly bailed out because as more people realize they can take a mortgage payment holiday, the bank's cash flow is going to be adversely affected. The banks are then going to stop wanting to lend on mortgages. You guys see how this is a huge problem? So pay attention. Know that when you have a borrower, uh, you got to make sure they're working with a bank that actually get the loan done. If it's a jumbo mortgage, you better make sure, don't believe what the loan officer tells you. You better know what bank the loan officer is going to take that jumbo to in order to get them to actually have an approval. Do the work necessary. As we've been saying, this new market is about skills. The old market was about relationships and looking pretty on Instagram, maybe. But this new market is about skills. So develop those skills, and that's what we're here to teach you to do. Any other headlines that grabbed your attention, Julie? Well, you know, this is ongoing. They're going to be putting together a fourth uh, stimulus package, which probably will include more stimulus check direct payments. So that's something that we're watching. And of course, we're going to be reporting on that as well. So lots of things happening. All right. So we are um, going to be focusing on 
for this podcast and maybe the next one. We're going to be focusing on what life is like in the new normal. Now, before I say that, every, the, one of the questions we've been getting a lot lately in one form or another is, Tim and Julie, when do you think things are going to return back to normal? So there is no normal. The normal that you remember, that all of us remember from barely a month ago, will never happen again. Virtually every aspect of how you uh, you know existed on this planet with amongst your neighbors and the grocery stores and how commerce is done, how business is done, everything is going to change. Some things will change overtly, like where did all those businesses go? They're closed. Some things will change a little bit more subtly, like for example, you'll see a lot more um, restaurants not having necessarily a place where you can go and sit down, but they're going to be delivery type places. You're going to see so many changes because as people, as businesses, a lot of businesses are going to fail. There's no doubt. I mean, essentially 100% of all employees in the United States are working for a small business. And those small businesses are the ones right now that are suffering the most. You have to understand when there's this much unemployment, when you see like Redfin laying off that those that many people, those people are you know furloughed. Those people probably won't be coming back and working for Redfin. And they're going to be looking for jobs. That's a huge number of people. And so it's rumored to be, or people believe that it can be, over 30% um, of the workforce in the United States is going to be unemployed. Now, when that happens, combined with all these businesses closing, combined with everything else, really scary things are going to happen and really wonderful things are going to happen. Um, and Julie, do you remember what kind of seed it was that could only bloom in a fire? Oh, the lodgepole pine. Tell that story. Yes. Well, you know, and there's, there's several of them, but... Uh, you got to realize that there are there are actual seeds out there that will only actually germinate after they have been set on fire because there's a hard resin that surrounds the seed. And the reason we refer to that is because this is pretty similar to what's going on here. What will grow as a result? So. Uh, of the pandemic and all of these different changes. So we put together, and this probably take us a couple podcasts possibly, but we put together a, a quick little outline here about good things and maybe not so good things that we'll all have to get used to. And I alternated them on purpose so that we wouldn't have uh, too much drama going on. And I want you guys to get thinking about, you know, what kind of flexibility you'll have to adopt and to adapt to the new world. It's not going to be just like it was. So I just had someone uh, text me a question. Yes, the um, coaching program I was just telling you guys about that you can have free access to. We do have all the information on how to apply for the SBA loan, including the application, including the SBA uh, lenders that are taking those applications. It's all there. We've also included a list of all the state's information on how to apply for unemployment insurance, which you can now get even if you are 1099. Yes, you can get the SBA PPP loan, even if you're um, a 1099. Um, so all that information is on the website. It's exhaustive amount of information. That's the reason we're not going to talk about it a lot of these podcasts because A, it gets boring and B, it'll take too long. So just text the word survival to 31996. You'll be texted back way to set up your membership on the free coaching site. And then all that information is there waiting for you. We're updating that information constantly, just so you know. So don't be surprised if you went there yesterday, the information has been changed today. All right, Julie, so let's deep, let's deep dive in because you got a great list. Yes, yeah, so we're going to do this pretty fast. So one of the things that you can expect is the tracking of everyone that you've come into contact with becoming normal. How they're going to go about that, we'll have to wait and see, but expect tracking. Well, specifically, if you're, if you're suspect, this is what's happening in uh, Asia, by the way. Mm -hmm. So I, Julie made some of these points and I made some of these points from just things we were reading. So in essence, um, when in Asia, they thought you had the virus, if you, you know, were suspect, suspect, sus suspected of having it, thank you. 
um, what they then do is basically track your movements. Now, over in Asia, they have cameras and whatnot everywhere. Any of these sort of, you know, most modern countries, Singapore and whatnot, they know exactly what you're doing and exactly what you're doing. Big Brother is alive and well in most of Asia. So they're going to be tracking your movements. They're going to, that might be something that people just essentially in big cities get used to um, in the United States. So it's in Europe too. I mean, this is not unusual for the rest of the world. Right. It is unusual for here. So that's the good and the bad. Now, the good thing is, now we're going to hit you with a good and a bad thing. The good mm-hmm. thing is virtual meetings will become standard and normal. Um, Zoom will evolve and become better. Of course, Verbella, um, if you guys are associated with EXP, you know what I'm talking about. Verbella is just an unbelievably cool. You know, it's EXP world. It's essentially how EXP can be virtual because you you are a part of this. You're an avatar inside of this virtual world where the entire EXP experience is there from offices to you can talk with the executives, you can talk with brokers, all virtually where you're an avatar working around this virtual world. It's really phenomenal. My gosh, how amazing was it that EXP was that far ahead of the curve? By the way, if you guys want to learn about EXP, if you want to watch a quick video on EXP and why it's probably the best fit for you right now, just text the word EXP to 31996. Text the word EXP to 31996. Next point, Julie. All right. We talked about tracking by a big brother of people who have had the virus, uh, watching your moves and becoming used to that. So here's a fun one. Lots and lots of babies expected this Christmas. <laughs> so there will be uh, Christmas 2020 deliveries. And I was thinking about that. I really hope that that this generation of babies doesn't get some weird nickname like Corona babies or uh, pandemic babies. I hope that somebody comes up with a better nickname, but there's going to be a lot of them. Back to you. So the next point was a Julie point. Insurance coverage modified based on if you've had the virus or not. I assume you meant health insurance. Both health insurance and life insurance. I've had reports yep. on both. So let me just touch on that. There's also some other unintended consequences. Um, a lot of the events that you guys were hearing being canceled, events, sporting events, doesn't matter what it was. There's no organized get-togethers. And this was even before it was government uh requested or maybe cases required. The reason those were getting canceled is not because, well, yes, because they're worried about people spreading the virus, but primarily because they're fearful of the legal ramifications of having an event, having somebody infect a bunch of people, and then the inevitable lawsuits, especially being this is America, that would have stemmed from that. So one of the main reasons that businesses and everybody else was canceling events was specifically for fear of litigation because errors and emissions insurance, there was a really great... um, a long story short, email that I was forwarded from one of the top brokers in LA. And he said, basically, stay the hell home. Your errors and emissions insurance doesn't cover you. If you are if you basically expose somebody to the virus and you can hypothetically, he said he's not an attorney, but you could hypothetically, um, it could be involuntary manslaughter if that person dies. I mean, he was you know, a fair amount of hyperbole, but that definitely got their attention. And so there's reasons to believe that live events like they have been, like we've all gotten used to, are going to be a thing of the past. And maybe the live events that you go to, people won't be sitting on top of each other. Because remember, the guys, this virus isn't just going to go away and it's going to take an, a year to a year and a half for there to be a vaccine. And even after that, the long-term ramifications, sort of the PTSD that our country is going to feel from this, um, obviously, the social distancing and whatnot, combined with what we're calling the economic plague that's going to follow, that's going to forever change the nature of how people basically expect to interact. Like when you said I'm holding a live event, 
the first thought people are going to have in the future, in the very near future, is why aren't you doing it on Zoom? Why are you risking my health? That's the type of thing, the mindset change that's going to happen. You're going to be very careful, very considerate of, like, next point. People are, there's probably going to be an evolution in, uh, in all kinds of materials and all kinds of procedures. Like, for example, they're probably, you know, you guys know what Sunbrella fabric is, right? You can't stain it. It doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't fade the whole thing. Well, they have Sunbrella fabric now for inside your house, which is great if you have a six-year-old like we do and two French Bulldogs. And they have obviously Sunbrella for outside of the house. Well, why not a fabric that essentially is proven to essentially um, make it so that uh, things like bacteria and viruses can't grow on it? Why, why not create a whole new a family of textiles that makes it so that that's just one less thing to worry about. That would be an amazing growth business. We expect in the home front, right now people are, like when I was interviewing Brad Inman the other day, he was talking about the fact that he's essentially, if he walks into his own house, strips down and then hand washes everything he's bringing in from the grocery store or whatnot before he brings it in the house. Well, you know what? Some of you thought that was extreme, but maybe what we'll discover, it wasn't as, ex as extreme as you thought. It's actually smart. And so the thought might be, well, is there a more essentially a more efficient way to do it? Will we all be walking into decamp decamp de decontamination? decontamination? Like you see on a spaceship in a exactly. movie, right? So you walk right. in and something blows the air on you and you're all decontaminated. I, I do think, you know, one of the points that I wrote down was, totally decked out home office space will be yeah. the new housing trend. Well, maybe the detox front door, you know, where you, you get all the germs blown off of you will be a thing. So yeah, you're going to see some architectural changes. You're going to probably see some floor plan changes and there's going to be some forward thinking on this. So I'm kind of looking forward to those designs because I've always been, you know, Miss Antibacterial Hand Wash in My Purse. <laughs> So there you no, are. Just, you know, I think you're right. There's going to be like a little chamber yeah, at the front of people's awesome. house. And I'd like to have one at the back door, the front door, in the garage. Sign me up. I've got to get to Premiere. So back to you, Tim. All right. So next point, and Julie, have a great Premiere call. Listen, agents, if you're in Premiere Coaching, first of all, if you're not in Premiere Coaching, you need to get into Premiere Coaching. And if you are, make sure you attend Julie's daily semi-private coaching calls. She's been doing those every single day for over an hour, making sure you guys are completely taken care of. Uh, so make sure if you're in Premiere Coaching, you attend her daily semi-private coaching calls. Friday's coaching calls with head coach Rochelle, and she obviously drills down talking to you about BPOs. All right, so the next point that Julie wrote down is forced isolation. Every city will have a place where people will go uh, if they are suspected or if they have the virus. Now, going back to the original point, one of the things, again, happening in Asia is that when you walk into public buildings and uh, airports, public spaces, you're being scanned. Your temperature is being scanned and it's being recorded. And if you have a higher than normal temperature, they're not letting you enter into the airport or the building or the whatnot. That's going to probably become something you're going to see here. And now, in addition to that, there is a huge debate right now that's, that's bubbling up about the actual, so we, we've been talking about the pandemic that's actually from the virus, and Julie and I have also been talking about what we know is going to be the economic plague that's going to follow. And it's essentially the opinion of Julie and I and a lot of other people that the economic plague is actually going to cause more damage, more hardship, more literal death than the actual pandemic did. In other words, people losing jobs, people not able to feed their families, the depression that will happen as a result all of the things that happen as a result of essentially people losing confidence in themselves and life in general, all those things are going to happen. 
businesses failing. It's going to be an absolute mess. That's the reason we're calling it a, an economic plague. Well, the question you have to be asking yourself and that some people are starting to have the courage to ask themselves and ask the leaders that are making these decisions is, was did it actually make sense to save X number of lives to shut down the entire economy? Does that really make sense? Is that the way we should be doing things? And the answer is, I'm fast forwarding here about a year for all of you, the answer will be no. And there's going to be more pandemics. Once they have the, uh, you know, the vaccine for this one, there's going to be other ones. Of course, it's the nature of how these things are. There has been one, a new SARS, which by the way, this one's also, it's not just called coronavirus or Chinese flu or, you know, or, or all the other, you know, all the other names for it. It's also the scientists call it SARS-2. So the first SARS virus came around about 10 years ago. So what the scientists that Julie and I have been listening to are saying that they think there's going to be a increase in the frequency of these new viruses that are different strains. What that means is there's going to, we're going to be living in this new future that we're going to have where a virus is going to be a thing that's going to be always on everyone's mind. And one of the things that government's going to have to do, and this is going to be the, you know, an unbelievable shift in how people see each other, is when someone has the virus, whatever version of it it is, they're going to be put into isolation. And you're going to see major cities, they're going to have specific wards for people that are suspected of having the virus. And what's your alternative? To shut the whole entire city down destroy the economy and destroy people's lives so there's going to have to be decisions made about you know essentially making people words of the state in exchange for those people not spreading the virus to other people in combination with the other essential liberties that everybody else will be giving up in other words the constant monitoring all of these things are going to happen i'll give you guys an extreme example this is a true story um in china because people were not you know doing social distancing and they weren't staying in their homes Chinese government, in some of the in some cases, were actually welding people into their houses. In other words, the door frames to the front doors, I assume in their condos, apartment buildings, whatever, were metal. And so they were welding the doors shut so they couldn't get out. That's that is what essentially a, a society, a culture, a government like that can get away with. Well, our government too is doing something very similar. Julie and I were going on a walk the other day. And we were walking down to the beach. It wasn't that far. We lived probably five or six minutes from the beach. And coming up from the beach were three cruisers, basically in an English and in Spanish, announcing that uh, everyone needs to be in their houses. We had technically another hour before we had to be in our houses. But what they were doing is they were trying to intimidate people to stay in their houses. And it worked. Julie and I and Zoe and our dogs went back home. And I understood why they were doing it, because they are trying to keep the virus from spreading. But going forward, the nature of how the country had to react to this, we didn't really have a choice. What the president, the administration, the government did had to be done, right? But going forward, it, we can't afford to do this again. It's going to be too costly. We're going to, we're already in a recession. Many people are saying we're going to, you know, be in a depression. There's going to be long-term economic fallout from this. And the, that cost was too high to pay for the lives that were saved. A horrible conversation to have, but that's what the, that's where the conversations are going to go. So in our opinion, you're going to start seeing a lot of, you know, essentially a lot of um, forced isolation. The last point that I'm going to go over uh, today is you're going to see migration from big cities to smaller towns to continue a version of social distancing and staying healthy. Home prices increases in places that previously aren't particularly hot. Good health uh, care hubs especially. So that was Julie's point. It's a good point. Um, and here, that's already happening, right? People were leaving New York City. Our coaching clients in Manhattan and whatnot are saying, 
heard, heard from clients, I am done with this city. I do not want to be living on top of people anymore. This virus is just the straw that broke the camel's back. Now, if you combine that, here, I'll give you some anecdotal proof that what we're saying is true. Nationwide, uh, you cannot buy a baby chick. How about that? Nationwide, it's almost impossible to find a baby chick because people are going to raise their own foods. They're adopting the chicks so they can basically get the chicks to, uh, you know, essentially be egg layers. And then the egg layers are going to be uh, providing food, right? That's what you're going to see a movement. We think that is going to be a massive movement in our culture. People moving away from the, the flight has been to the urban centers for jobs primarily, right? And But there's so many compromises, and this virus is going to be one of the most obvious ones of all time. The congestion you can live with, you know, the, the long lines, the, the, you know, all the things that come with living in a city. But now you have the virus, you have your health and your family's health to be concerned with. No, people are not going to put up with that. They're going to leave the cities. In um, Greenwich, Connecticut, uh, Rob Johnson, who's the number one agent there, and he's also a coaching client, he told me he's seeing essentially urban flight back to the, you know, not just uh, Greenwich, but other cities like his as well. That's what's going to happen. And that's going to increase uh, and become a thing. You're going to see a whole movement around that. And it's going to be something that's going to shock a lot of people. So if you're selling in a densely populated urban environment right now, listen to what your clients are saying, because it's our prediction that they're going to essentially be looking for alternatives. Um, now, the other thing that's made that possible is because everybody's been forced to work from home for what's going to probably be, I hate to say it, but certainly the end of May, maybe even June in some parts of the country, if, because there's going to be flare-ups of this damn virus over and over again. Uh, companies who have never really embraced the idea of having people be home-based are going to be embracing it because they don't have a choice. And then what you're going to see is a cultural shift around the idea that you need to go someplace for work. Again, EXP uh, Realty is a perfect example. So you're going to see people that are going to say, you know what? I actually get more done. I'm more efficient. I have a better quality of life when I'm home-based. And now because of Verbella, now because of like, for example, Zoom and all the other things that people are able to do, they're going to love the fact that they're home-based and won't want to give that up again. And employers aren't going to talk their employees into you know spending the hour to get to work and get home again. The human cost, the actual cost, of not being home base is extraordinary. Just from your dry cleaning bill, the amount of time, like I was telling Julie and I, we were having this conversation. So Zoe's obviously at home. Julie before was getting up every morning at like 6.15 to take Zoe, get Zoe ready for school, take her to school. Zoe every two weeks, almost like right on calendar, right on schedule, was bringing home some new cold, got us all sick happening over and over and over again. And then the whole thing repeated in the afternoon, leaving there half hour, half dealing with parking, dealing. Okay. What, what if all that now is not necessary? What if finally, even a traditionalist like Julie, both her parents were school teachers. What if now they're, everyone's saying, you know what? All the major universities in the United States are online, Harvard, Yale, all online. So maybe this online thing Maybe actually it's the way that everything should be done because it saves cost, it saves hassle, it saves time. The, the cost of doing things the way things were done is maybe not worth it. And these are the conversations that all of us are having, whether we're having them voluntarily or involuntarily from your situation, it doesn't matter. The result's going to be the same. Remember, Julie was telling you about that pine cone seed that only blooms uh, only germinates when there's it's under extreme heat from like some sort of you know rare forest fire. That's what's happening now for our economy. So even though the headline stories are going to be about the destruction, right? I mean we're even riding that wave, you know, calling it what we're calling it. 
even though it's going to be a horrible thing to happen to the economy, on the other side of it, it's going to be what frankly could be the most extraordinary boom in the history of history for a country. Um, and I also think, and Julie and I are going to talk about this more because a lot of you guys really liked us even mentioning this passively on one of our Sunday special shows. There is going to be a return to a gold-backed currency. We do believe that the gold-backed currency um, will be as a result of the U.S. continuing uh, essentially from inflation and hyperinflation, which is going to happen, and the U.S. is going to use these newly created inflated dollars to pay off its debt. No one's going to want to buy the debt because they're going to realize that it doesn't really have any, the, the dollars that they're getting repaid with don't really have any value. So the whole economic system where the U.S. dollar had hegemony all over the world as being uh, essentially a petrodollar, that's all going to be in flux. But here's the wild card. Here's the ace of the hole the United States has. There's no other country in the face of the earth that has as much gold as we do. So what's going to happen is there is going to be another, uh, essentially the U.S. dollar, which is a fiat currency, is going to be replaced by a new U.S. dollar, which will not be a fiat currency. It will be gold-backed. And in our prediction, that's going to happen in the next five years or less. So what's the move to make there? We're going to be talking about that in the third section called Profit. And if you want to get uh, read ahead, just go ahead and download the book. Just text the word survival. It's a guide, really. Actually, it's not even that. Julie and I have been writing this thing every single day. It's more of essentially elaborate notes at this point. We'll formalize it sometime over the next 90 days or so. But if you go there to the um, website and download the information, you'll get whatever we worked on that particular day. And also, we have two staff members that are working with us as well. Anyway, text the word survival to 31996. Um, but guys, the changes that are happening will seem scary. The changes that, will happening, that are going to happen, they can't be stopped. Stop saying I want things to go back to normal. Stop fighting, essentially, uh, the current reality. We're in this sort of in-between zone. And we're going to be in this in-between zone for the next 60 to 90 days. And then when we come back out of it, nothing is going to feel the same. People are going to wear masks. You're going to see social distancing. Businesses are going to change. Everything's going to have changed. When we all come out of our you know, hibernation, on the other side of that, the world's going to shift and it's going to feel very abnormal for a very long time. So the new normal is abnormal. You should remember that. Write that down. Accept it. That way you won't be shocked. And be prepared, guys. And, you know, look, we're going to be there for you. We're going to continue to uh, essentially do everything in our power to get everyone who will listen to listen. We're going to say what we know is the truth. We're going to deliver you this information in the most practical, tactical way as we possibly can. We're not going to be talking about mindset. We're not going to be talking about fluff. We're not going to be talking about social networking. We're not going to be talking about anything other than the things that are the most urgent for you to take care of first and then the things you need to be doing now to make money and take care of your families. Guys, the future is here. You have to realize that the greatest fortunes in the history of humanity have always been made during the greatest times of change. And we are in the greatest time of change of our lifetimes thus far. So realize you don't have to be fearful. You can be of service to other people, learning what's necessary in this new market. And then you can enter into a realm of being profitable and becoming truly wealthy like you've never imagined. But in order for you to get there, you have to follow the three-part guide that we put together for you. Personal, protect, and then profit. If your personal house is not protected, basically, you're never going to get to profit. So download that book. Text the word survival to 31996. If you guys would like to talk with me, a lot of brokers are reaching out. I had probably 11 or 12 broker calls over the weekend. If you want to talk with me about how to have a graceful exit out of your brokerage, 
I know you know your brokerage is probably going to fail in the next 60 to 90 days. Let's not have, let's not, you know, let's not be prideful about this. You need to figure out how to have a graceful exit. I have a solution for you. I can describe to you exactly what to do so that you can lead with your, leave with your head up and your agents, frankly, will be taken care of. So text me directly on my private cell phone number, which is 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. And let's have a private conversation about what we can be doing to help you have a graceful exit out of your brokerage, which by the way, will end up with you, Mr. or Mrs. Broker, actually having a lot more freedom, um, a lot more confidence, and a heck of a lot more profit at the end of the day. So talk to me about that if you're ready, 512 758 0206. Have a fantastic day. Listen to our podcast anytime. Julie and I are doing two and three shows a day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.